Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet Kunst. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today because we are going to start talking about search engine optimization basics. And as I said, we're starting a new series today and I'm calling it this SEO Lab. So over the next few weeks, we're going to take a close look at search engine optimization Uh, what it is, and how to make sure that you are doing everything you can to ensure your website and all your content are working for you so people can find you quickly and easily. And I just want to give you a quick caveat as we start this series is that there's no quick fix to get to the top of the search engines. This is with all good marketing efforts is a process. So let's get started. So we've all heard the term search engine optimization or SEO, especially when it comes to our websites and our social media content. One of the questions that I get asked a lot is, how do I optimize my website? And quite frankly, I have a sinking suspicion that most of my clients that ask this question are only asking it because they heard that SEO is important and it's not really that they understand what it actually means. So let's start with a simple definition. According to the dictionary, um, search engine optimization is a process of maximizing the number of visitors to a particular website by ensuring that the site appears high on the list of results returned by the search engine. So when we're talking about search engine optimization, we're really concentrating specifically on organic traffic, how people are naturally going to find you based on the type uh, on what you type into uh, Google or Bing or any of the other search engines out there. Uh, we are not going to talk about paid traffic like Google AdWords or Facebook ads or anything like that. So um, now that I've given you that definition, let's try to break it down a little bit. And in essence, what that definition tells us about search engine optimization is that there are three main players. And those players are the searcher, who is actually the one that's typing in something to the search engines and looking for something. The search engine itself, which is the vehicle that's being used to find what the searcher is search- is looking for. And then the marketer, who is the one, and it's probably you, who wants to be found for what the search the searcher is actually looking for. So each of these has their own motivation and and has a key role in the process. So let's go through each one uh, uh, and concentrate on what they're looking for and what their motivation is. So the searcher is probably your potential customer and they're on a journey. Uh, We've called this the customer journey in the past, and we're going to stick with that. And this journey is similar to what we talked about in our email marketing mastery series, but with a little bit of a twist. In our email marketing mastery series, they had already found you and wanted to hear from you. Um, For the purposes of search engine optimization, though, uh, we have to back up that journey a little bit further to the very beginning. So the key to understanding the searcher is that there 
they're usually going to go through uh, various iterations of searches, and they're going to get more specific as they progress through um, identifying their problem or want or need. Um, and then they start finding solutions, so their search actually changes what they're looking for. And then they uh, narrow it down to focusing on one specific solution, and then they will narrow it down even further and they'll start looking at pricing and particular companies in general. So this means that they're using a lot of different search terms to describe what they're looking for. And you as a marketer are going to need to be able to be prepared to serve them the right information at the right time using the right search terms. So the next key player in search engine optimization is the search engine itself. So we're looking at things like Google, Bing, or Yahoo, and the search engine is tasked with scouring the internet and all the pages out there on the internet each and every time somebody asks for something, and and then they uh, give them the most relevant and popular information on that subject available. And what happens is the search engines actually have uh, what they call spiders and bops that go out and read all the pages out on the internet to determine what to serve up to the searcher. And, and those bots and spiders are really sophisticated, so they can not only tell whether or not the, the terms actually match, but whether or not the context is correct um, as to what, uh, what you are searching for. Um, so it's not just the words that they're looking at, they're, they're also looking at the context, and then they'll deliver up the information that they think is most relevant to what you're looking for. And the third player in this uh, this search engine optimization game is the marketer themselves, and, and that would probably be you. And all you really want to do is be found. So uh, you need to understand your customers really well and what they're going to be searching for throughout their customer journey so that when the, the right time comes, you'll be able to uh, serve up exactly that right information to get the search engines to serve up the information to the, search, the searcher first. And it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but there are ways to make it work. And the key is that as the marketer, you want to make sure you show up in the first few positions in the search engine. And here's why. Um, about 75% of people never really scroll past that first page of search engines. And on top of that, um, the first five search results in Google get 67% of the clicks. So really, the further away you are from the first page um, and those top five or five results, the more likely the searcher won't find you. So as we said, as, as the marketer, your job and your goal is to be found in all those search queries. And there are, are two basic search queries types of search queries that you need to be aware of. And when I say queries, I mean they're typing something into the search engines and they're querying the search engines for information based on what they typed in. So there are, as I said, there's two different types of queries. One is a, a non-branded type of query and the other are branded queries. So the non-branded queries are really those queries where they're looking for what you do um, or the services that you provide and not necessarily you. So this means that they're probably doing a general search and may not who, know who you are yet. 
Whereas branded queries are are when they know who you are and they're looking specifically for you. So this most likely means that they're further along on their customer journey and they're looking for more specific information about you and your competitors. And ideally, you want to show up in both types of searches so that you're able to join that searcher um, as close to the beginning of their customer journey as possible. So with that, what we're going to do is um, I want you to keep in, line, in mind uh, what really happens. So we're going to take a closer look at the uh, search journey um, and from the searcher's perspective um, So when they conduct their search. So keep in mind that the searcher is actually looking for something, and it may be a piece of information that will help them move one step closer to, to their goal, whether it's solving a problem or it's fulfilling a want or need. So for, uh, for sake of this example, let's say you want to take a vacation. And you have no idea where you want to go or when, but you just kind of want to start looking around and seeing what's out there and get some vacation ideas. So you sit down in front of your computer or you pull out your smartphone and you start typing away in Google. Um, so the first thing that you may search for is something like best vacations. And Google will give you a list of results. And you'll look at a few of the articles that it comes up with on that first page. And you'll find one that talks about, say, European vacations. And that interests you. So then you go back to Google again. And you type in European vacations. And Google, again, gives you some results. And you look through those results. And you realize that you're getting results that are for more longer vacations than you want and you don't have that much time or or that much money to spend. Uh, kind of like those grand vacations that are month a month or so long and that's really not what you're looking for. So what you do is you go back to Google and you um, provide your search and you decide that you want to concentrate on vacations in England. And you start to find some really good ideas here. So you start to think about, okay, now I've kind of narrowed down my search. I know I want to go to England and um, now I need to figure out where I want to go in England and how I want to do that. So you decide to take a look at uh, tours and independent travel to determine which way you really want to go. And at this point, you're still conducting those non-branded queries, but the focus, if, you're, if you've noticed, is getting narrower and narrower. And uh, if we put on our marketing hat again, you want to be part of all of these queries so that the searcher um, notices that you're coming up repeatedly and, and you're giving them just the right information that they're looking for each time they search. Then let's put back our, our searcher's hat on. And uh, so you've looked at all the information about um, tours and independent travel, and you decided that you're going to take a tour because it's less of a headache to plan. And so you've read several articles outlining different tours that are offered, and you start looking at specific companies. And now you've moved into that branded query where you're looking for some specific information. And as a marketer, this is where your company name will start to come up and be more important in the searches that your searchers are looking at. As the searcher, 
Now you've narrowed down your choices to two and you start looking at pricing and dates. And this too is a branded query. So you better have that information available for those searches as well. And ultimately, as the searcher, you'll make the choice. But the question is, have you as the marketer done enough to be included in that short list uh, based on how easily you can be found at each stage of that search process? And that's really what you want to concentrate on when um, you're putting together that that pattern as to how you're going to walk through that customer journey. And it's really a, an interesting process to go through because you'll start thinking about things that you never thought before as far as how your customer is going to find you online and what you're going to do um, to get to them at each point of, of that journey. And the different ways, as, as you saw in our example, that there's so many different ways that you can um, talk about the same topic and how um, it can come up differently. So you could be on best vacations uh, and come up that way. You could be on the Europe. European vacation um, search and you could come up with something there or you could be just on the uh, England searches and you could come up there but if you're not at each and every point of that journey you may miss out on a lot of uh, traffic to your website or to your content that um, you otherwise would have gotten if you had done your keyword research and your and optimized your site and your content and really, that's what we're going to look at next. So uh, we are going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to look at the most important part of search engine optimization, which is your keywords. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet 
at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, I gave you a simple overview of what search optimization is and an example of actually how it works. So next, we're going to dive into the heart of search engine optimization, and that's keywords. So the simple definition of keywords and keyword phrases is that these are those words and phrases that the searcher types into Google to find the information that they're looking for. And from a marketing perspective, the idea is to find those keywords and keyword phrases that best describe how what you have to offer and are words and phrases that your target audience is using to find you. Um, so you saw in the example before our break, uh, the words and phrases that were used to describe your products and services can range from very broad terms to very specific. And the trick is to find a balance that will uh, ensure that you'll be found in either case. But remember, you want to be found in both uh, non-branded and branded queries because there's so many different ways that people can find you and you want to make sure that you're choosing keywords and phrases that fit into both those categories. And when I'm working with clients and we start talking about keywords, and, and, and this is really uh, a warning for you, um, what, what I find is that they always mention that they're already on page one of Google for their company name. And I don't want you to get lulled into a sense of uh, security that if you're on page one for your company name, that's a good thing. It is in a sense, but um, unless your name is, is unique, uh, unless your name isn't unique, you'll always be found on page one for your company name. And um, one of the reasons why people think that that's the best way to be found is they think, well, it's my company name and people are going to be searching for me that way. Nine times out of 10, if you're doing a, a non-branded search, they're not going to know who you are. They're just going to be searching for your products or services or generic names for your products and services. So you really need to be able to not only be searched for your by your company name, but also by these other uh, terms and, and phrases. So uh, when, when we start talking about keywords and keyword phrases, you want to have a mix of broader keyword terms um, and also terms that are known as long-tail keyword phrases. And long-tail keyword phrases are uh, more specific in nature because they have maybe two or three or more words in that phrase. And ultimately, you're going to want to choose uh, keywords that have meaning for your customer and that have a high volume of searches per month but low competition, which means that there aren't a whole lot of pages out there that the search engines are finding with those keywords and phrases on it. And I, I want to give you an idea of what the difference is between broad keywords and long tail keywords so that you, you understand that the broad keywords are really uh, general words for your business and they have a high search volume um, and there's a lot of competition out there. Whereas, the, as I said, the long tail keywords are more specific to your business. It has a lower search volume and there's uh, a lot less competition. So um, if you're using broad terms, and those are probably some of the ones that people are using when they're doing a non-branded search, um, it's more difficult to find you. 
um, because of all the competition. But if if they're further along on their journey and they're using uh, longer keyword phrases uh, and those long t- long tail keywords, it's going to be easier to uh, get to the top of the search engines because those are phrases that not a lot of people are using. And the ones that are are probably uh, closer to a purchase decision than the ones that are using broad keywords. So here's the difference. Um, A broad keyword may be marketing, but a long tail keyword may be inbound marketing software. So I hope that that shows you a little bit of the difference between a a broad broad keyword and a long tail keyword. Um, You could use landscape, if you're a landscaper, you may want to use uh, landscaping as a keyword uh, term but it's so broad that you're going to have a hard time getting to the top of the search engines. But if you were to use something that has a local component to it, such as uh, Medford, Massachusetts landscaping, then you're narrowing it down so that uh, you'll get to the top of the search engines a little bit quicker. So um, the, the whole concept here is that you want to make sure that when you're choosing your keywords that um, you're the big fish in a small pond um, because it's more likely that you're going to get caught than a small fish in a big pond because it's going to be a lot harder for you to get caught in in those circumstances. So um, I I want you to remember that these keywords are going to be an, an integral part of everything that you do online. So you can be easily found in searches and it's going to be more than just on your website, but it's going to be in your content, on your blog, in your social media interactions. It's in everything. So it's really important that you choose the right keywords. And before you can even start looking for those keywords, uh, we have to review uh, just a couple of things. So uh, we need to look at our, our basic sales funnel and determine what a customer or your potential customer's intent may be when they're conducting that search at each stage of your sales funnel. And then we need to review the type of information that your customer may need at each stage of that sales funnel and start thinking about how we can provide that information to them. And lastly, we need to understand who our ideal customer is and create those ideal customer avatars based on each stage of that sales funnel. So we're going to look at a modified version of a sales funnel for online marketing for the purposes of this discussion. And uh, with this modified sales funnel, there's really only three stages. The first stage is awareness, where they become aware of the problem or, or what they want to look for. And then the next stage is the nurture stage. So in this stage, um, they want more information about the problem and the solution, and they're looking at various sources and various companies as to who could provide that solution. And then the final stage that we're going to look at is the convert stage. And that's where they've really narrowed down the results and are really ready to buy the product or service that they're interested in. So at each stage of the sales funnel, if we move on to the next thing that we need to look at, we need to look at what information are they um, going to want at each stage of, the, uh, of your sales funnel. So in the awareness stage, which is the stage where they're just starting their research, they're probably going to be looking for things like um, blog posts and articles. They may be looking for social media updates um, uh, around that specific topic. 
They may be looking at pictures and images or videos. Um, they may uh, be looking for an ebook or an, or a magazine article that will describe um, what their what their problem is or what they're what they're searching for. Um, they may look to even a podcast and see what kind of information is out there and what uh, what various people have to say about what they're looking for. They may even conduct some primary research. Um, so they may look to some uh, research journals or uh, the dictionary or Wikipedia or some of those other um, high-level authority sites out there for some of that information. And another popular thing that they may do is they may look at some infographics to get a, a very basic idea of how um, to solve their problem. So once they've gone through that uh, awareness stage, then they're going to move on to that nurture stage and they've kind of narrowed down their problem and are starting to look at some of the various solutions. And they may have even come up with uh, two or three different possibilities for that solution. So they're going to start looking at how to get to each of those solutions and, and which one is best for them. So in this stage, at you as a marketer, there are certain things that you want to provide to them or make available to them based on their whatever they're searching for. And so that could be things like um, educational resources, white papers. Um, it could be uh, you may have a webinar or an event that they're interested in. Um, you could have some uh, downloads, uh, checklists, and other useful resources that they may be interested in. And if you are, are actually um, have a, a physical product or a consulting service and they may be interested in, in, in those services, you may want to offer a discount or a coupon or some sort of uh, free trial at this stage. And those are things that will get them to um, start to know, like, and trust you. And, and we've always talked about the importance, importance of them getting to that, that stage. So that's the nurture stage. And once they've narrowed down their, their um, choices and they're almost ready to pull the trigger and make that purchase decision, they've kind of moved into that uh, conversion stage. And in this stage, they're going to be looking for information such as uh, a demo or a free trial. And I know I talked about that in the nurture stage, but that also goes true for, for this stage as well. They're going to start looking at testimonials of your past clients. Um, they're going to look for spec sheets and pricing sheets. They're going to look online for reviews of your products and services. Um, they're going to look for details on your specific products and services and pricing. And in fact, here they may even start to uh, ask for uh, contact at your company um, so that they can talk to somebody about what's going on. Um, and it may very well be that this is the, the point where you will actually get a hold of their name, address, and phone number and start being able to send out information to them as well. And and those are the three stages that you're, you need to keep in mind as you're putting together and looking at your keywords and keyword phrases, because each one of them, you're going to have to start putting together information for them. And you're going to have to figure out how you're going to use not only your keywords and keyword phrases, but the content that you're going to put together and the context that you're going to put together in addition to that. 
And uh, the last thing that we're going to, the last thing of those three things that we need to look at was your uh, putting together your ideal customer avatar. And that's a really important part of this process because um, you need to actually know who your customer is and uh, what, what their thought process is and how they're going to react to you at each stage of those processes. And this is such an important part of uh, this discussion that we're, we're going to take a look at it when we get back from our break. So it's time for our break and we'll talk about the ideal customer and how that really fits into each stage of your sales funnel and, and this process that we're going through. So stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank join our mailing list to receive show updates exclusive bonus materials and more information on marketing for small businesses to sign up visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411marketingsolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411marketingsolutions.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we started looking at the various pieces of information you need before you actually start doing your keyword research. And we concentrated on your sales funnel and what uh, you could provide as far as um, information at each stage uh, as they move through the process of your sales funnel. So, And we also talked about the fact that one of the most important things that you need to do is you need to take a look at your ideal customer and, and develop an ideal customer avatar. So if you've been around marketing that won't break uh, the bank for any length of time, 
you know that this is one of my favorite topics. And the idea behind uh, your ideal customer avatar is to build a profile of that specific person who represents your ideal customer. And you want to include as much information as possible, including demographics. So you want to look at things like age and education, uh, their income, um, their marital status, um, their profession, uh, and, and, uh, if they have any children and then, and then you also want to look at things like their preferences. So what are some of their hobbies? What do they like to do in their spare time? What kinds of books and magazines do they read? Um, are there specific websites or blogs that they like to follow and also where they're showing up on social media so that you can, um, uh, be it, present for them wherever they are on the internet. And then you also want to look at their challenges and pain points so that you can address them in all the content that you create. And you also want to make sure once you've gotten all that information together and you've kind of sorted out who your ideal customer is, you want to make sure that you um, give them a name and a, and a background story. So all, almost as if they're your best friend um, and you're meeting them for coffee uh, to talk to them and what's going on in their lives. That's really how detailed you want to be about your ideal customer avatar. Um, and uh, so that every time that you're putting together a piece of content, you say to yourself, okay, what would Sarah Jane think about this? How would they, how would she use it? That sort of stuff. Um, so uh, a lot of times what I get asked is, well, I have uh, different uh, customers and I have different products that go to different customers and all that sort of stuff. So you can actually have several different um, customer, ideal customer avatars. Um, just remember that for uh, searching and optimization purposes, what you're trying to do is to get into their heads to understand how they're going to look for what you offer through the search engines. And that's a little different than what we've talked about in the past um, because we've usually just left it off at, okay, this is the ideal, this is what my ideal customer looks like, and this is who I'm going to be um, be targeting as far as my content goes and, and talking to them about this. But now we have to start thinking like your ideal customer as far as um, what are they going to start typing into this, the search engines to find you and to find the information that they're looking for. So to do this and, and to figure out where they are on each in each stage of your sales funnel, because once you have that uh, ideal customer avatar together, you're probably going to want to break it into three different personalities. Uh, if for lack of better term, uh, I know you're you're making a schizophrenic uh, ideal customer avatar here, but you want to make sure that you understand. Okay, if my ideal customer avatar is just in the awareness stage. Um, what are they doing? And if they're in the nurture stage, what are they doing and what are they thinking? And if they're in the convert stage, what are they doing and what, they're, what are they thinking? So in order to do this, what I want you to do is I want you to take a piece of paper and divide it in half. And on one side, um, you're going to write the, the words, I want to at the top of the page. And on the other column, you're going to write the word because. 
And then for each stage of your sales funnel, and we're looking at awareness stage, the nurture stage, and the conversion stage, I want you to write down as many statements as possible that start with, I want to, and end in because. So for example, in our vacation scenario, in uh, in the awareness stage, you might write something along the lines of, I want to go on a vacation, because I need to relax. Or you might write something uh, like, I want to go on vacation because I want to spend quality time with my family. Um, So I think you get the idea of what you're trying to do with the awareness stage. And then you want to get into your uh, ideal customer avatar's head and say, okay, I've kind of done that research and and gotten over that initial, I want to go on vacation because I need to relax stage. So now they're moving into the nurture stage. And in this stage, things that you might want to write going with our same example is you might want to write, I want to take a guided tour because I want everything planned out for me or I want to go to a resort because I want to be pampered. So in this stage, you're getting a lot more specific about the topic that you're talking about. And then when you get to the convert stage, you might write something along the lines of, I want to, I want reviews of XYZ vacation tours because I'm thinking of choosing one of their tours or I want pricing for XYZ resort because it's family friendly or something along those lines. So the, what's going to happen and this may seem like a really strange exercise, but there is a point to this because all of those um, phrases that you put under your, I want to, And the phrases that you put under your because column actually become the basis for your keyword uh, terms and phrases. So now that you have written all of those uh, terms and phrases down and all the uh, want to's and because phrases, um, you actually have a good start on a list of keyword terms that you're going to want to check out. So if you don't think that you, if you still don't think you have a good grasp on what your ideal customer may be searching for, there's always a couple of different things that you can do to do a little bit more research. So some of those things may include, um, you can look at the questions that your current customers ask you all the time, or if there are certain questions that your potential customers ask you when they first talk to you. Um, You may want to look at what your competitors are doing and how they're ranking in the search engines. Um, I I like to say that I do a lot of R&D and uh, what that means is Robin Duplicate. And I don't mean as far as uh, text or or anything like that goes, but if they're, um, if they're, if they're ranking for certain keyword terms and they're getting a lot of traffic on those keyword terms, there's no reason why you can't use those keyword terms as well throughout all of your, all of your uh, website and your content. Um, so, so just uh, looking at your competitors is always a good idea. And then uh, another thing that you can do is you can look at the terms your customers use to describe your products and services. And when you're doing this, I want to make sure that you're not using 
um, technical jargon or industry jargon that um, you as someone in that industry would use, use the terms that your customer would use. So if, um, you're, if you're a mechanic, you might start talking about the starter ring something or other on the engine and your customer wouldn't be talking about it that way. They may just say something along the lines that it takes uh, a long time for me to get the my car started in the morning or something along those lines. So make sure that you're using customer terms when you're starting you, when you're doing your research for your keywords. Uh, the other thing that you can do is you can start looking at uh, synonyms for terms already on your list. So if um, if you're looking if you're an attorney, you might want to think of using uh, something with lawyer in it as an example. Or if you're a doctor, you may want to use uh, doctor as well as your specialty, um, those types of things. And then uh, lastly, you can also use a little bit of common sense. Uh, you, you probably know some of the things that your um, audience is searching for. So just use uh, a little bit of common sense and add those to your uh, keyword search term list. And I, I want you to remember that this is just where you're going to start. So once you have that preliminary list of terms together, you're really going to need to check them out using a keyword tool such as uh, Google AdWords Keyword Planner. There's a lot of keyword planning tools out there, um, and, and some of them are free and some of them are really expensive. Um, Google Keyword Planner tool is free. Um, but in order to use it, you need to sign up for a Google AdWords account. And you shouldn't have to worry about this because, in fact, um, you aren't going to have to pay anything for it. They just want you to have that uh, account set up. And I really don't have a, a lot of time to go through the keyword planner here and how it works and how to set it up. But it is fairly simple to use. So once you're in the keyword planner, all you're going to do is type in the keyword or phrase into the search area and then click on get ideas and it will return a list of results to you. And what you're going to do is it's going to be at the bottom of the page. And what you're going to do is there's two columns that I want you to concentrate on. The first one is labeled average monthly searches and the second one is labeled competition. And what I want you to do is I want you to sort the competition co uh, column so that it's ranking the competition from low to high. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go down that list and, and concentrate on those search terms and those results that have low competition but a higher value for um, monthly searches. So, and, and what I mean by that is if you find a phrase that's uh, low in competition and you can go yay, um, and it has maybe 10,000 searches per month on it, um, that's probably a really good keyword phrase for you. But if it only has 10 or 100 monthly searches, you probably want to look for something else. And then on top of that, um, you want to actually make sure that these are terms that you want to use. So you want to type them into Google or Bing and check out some of the, the results when you get there. Uh, and with that, we are going to take our last break. And when we come back, I'm going to um, finish up on some uh, keyword research terms and, and how to get them. And we'll also wrap up our talk on search engine optimization. So stay tuned. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Like what you are hearing on Marketing That Won't Break the Bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411marketingsolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411marketingsolutions.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So we've been talking about search engine optimization, and I've laid a little bit of the groundwork that needs to be done um, before you actually start optimizing your website and your content for search engines. And I have a little bit more to go on uh, giving you some tips on uh, how to do your keyword research. And then I have some uh, do's and don'ts for you uh, as far as keyword research and SEO in general. And then we'll be able to wrap up our, our talk today. So before the break, we were talking about um, the fact that when you're when you're doing your keyword research in the Google AdWords uh, keyword tool, you want to check them out on Google itself once you've found some of those tool uh, terms. Um, and you want to make sure that they actually have the right context for those uh, keyword tools and, and they match what you're expecting. The other thing I want you to do when you're, when you're checking out those terms is to actually see who's showing up on page one. So if there's a big company that's dominating page one of those search results, the chances are that you won't be able to rank on that page. So you want to continue with your research and choose some other keyword uh, phrase or, or keyword. Um, so, so once you've done all of your keyword research, you probably have narrowed down your list to some good, strong keyword phrases that you know your customers are searching on and you know you can use at the various stages of your sales funnel. 
And what I want you to do now is I want you to choose the top uh, five to 10 keyword phrases that seem to be the most important, and then concentrate on those as you start the optimization process on your website and in your content. Uh, And the reason why I suggest this is that you want to make sure that the search engines truly understand what your site and content is about. And if you're using too many keyword phrases, the search engines may get confused and uh, not rank you highly for them. It's almost as if they throw up their hands and say, I don't know what this site is about, so I'm not going to rank them for, for it, even though I found those keyword terms here. So I have a couple of SEO do's and don'ts for you um, based on what we've talked about today. Um, And the first is I do want you to understand who your ideal customer is and what they are searching for at each stage of the sales funnel. This is really the top thing that you have to concentrate on when you're starting out your search engine optimization journey. Because if you don't get this right, the keywords that you choose and the way that you optimize your site will not be of a benefit fit to you. So you do need to be diligent about your keyword research and understanding that you're going to be using these keywords not only on your website, but also in all your content that you put online. Uh, I want you to, and, and remember we talked about the different stages of your sales funnel, and it's really important to concentrate on the context and not just the keywords. So um, the And what I mean by that is you need to concentrate on how the keyword phrase is relevant to your audience. So for example, if, if your keyword phrase in this, don't use this because this is probably not a good keyword phrase, but if your keyword phrase is gone fishing, um, it could actually mean that, uh, you're talking about going fishing, but in another context, it could actually mean that you're just playing hooky from school or something like that. So you need to really make sure that your keyword phrase matches the context and the thinking of your uh, ideal customer. And then you want to make sure that your keyword phrases are conversational so that they'll make sense when you actually use them in your content. So um, the search engines are really Uh, smart about how you're using your keyword phrases and and they'll know if you're using, if you're using stilted language, which would mean that you're using that keyword phrase specifically how you found it. Um, You can use variations and you can uh, use a couple of different words in between. If you have a long tail uh, keyword phrase, they will get the the gist of what you're talking about. So just make sure that wherever you're using them, and we'll talk about this in, in upcoming episodes, but wherever you're using them, your tone is still conversational and still makes sense. And I also want you to remember not to choose uh, terms that are too broad or have high competition because you're never going to rank for them. If you choose a word like um, uh, marketing, for example, you're you're going to have a really tough time uh, ranking for that term because there's so many people out there and there's so much competition and there's millions and millions and millions of pages out there that it'll really be hard for you to get to the top. Um, and I I I hope I've emphasized this, 
but you do not want to uh, skip your keyword research. This is really critical to everything that you're going to be doing. And then once you've done your keyword research, and I didn't mention this before, but you want to see if you can uh, group your keywords into categories or silos or buckets um, with one parent overall keyword um, and the others that describe that keyword in, in greater detail. So um, this will keep uh, keep in mind that sales funnel approach. So if, and, and as I said, marketing is not a good uh, keyword to use, but if your overall parent word was marketing, underneath that you could have social media marketing, um, print marketing, and all that sort of stuff. So, so if you can, just see if you can put the, your keywords into a couple of different silos and um, that will help you as you put together your content and, and optimize your website. And also, don't forget to look at what your competition is doing. Um, you may find an awful lot of uh, inspiration there, and it may not even be from the exact keywords that they use, but you may find some, some things that spark, spark your mind to start thinking in another direction. And uh, that's our talk on uh, the basics of search engine optimization today. And I hope that I've given you some insight onto what search engine optimization is and how to start building a solid foundation for your SEO. Um, you've survived part one of the SEO lab series. And I really hope that you're ready to go and do some of your keyword research. I'd love to hear what you come up with with your keyword research or even if you just want to bounce some ideas around, um, I'd be happy to help. So let me know what's going on by leaving me a comment on my Facebook page at 411 Marketing Solutions. And I'd really love to follow you on your marketing journey. So you can connect with me on Twitter at Janet Kunst or on Instagram at Janet.Kunst or again on my Facebook page at 411 Marketing Solutions. And if you have any questions about what we covered or have a question um, that I didn't answer, please feel free to email me at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. And I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that my email marketing mastery mini training starts on Monday, March 5th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And I set this up um, as a companion course to the email marketing mastery series we just completed last week. Um, and in this course, what I'll do is I'll give you a step-by-step -step instructions on how to set up your email system with MailChimp and get your contact list started and set up your welcome message, set up a series of autoresponders, and we'll even start looking at how to set up a landing page with an offer that you can start actually building your email list. Um, the course is $197, and as I said, it starts Monday the 5th at 10 a.m., uh, Pacific time. And if you're interested, you can go to 411emailmarketingmastery.com to sign up or just send me an email at janet at 411marketingsolutions.com with email marketing mastery course in the subject line. Next week, we're going to take a break from the SEO lab series to talk to my friend Debbie McCormick, who's an expert at all things LinkedIn, and especially come, uh, when it comes to optimizing your LinkedIn profile. I'm really excited about her spending some time with us, and I hope you'll join us next week to find out how you too can optimize your LinkedIn presence. Um, thank you for joining me today on Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I hope it was informative and you've come away with some new ideas to market your business. 
Have a great week and I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts.